1: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
2: It's the art and science of money.
1: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
2: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
3: Good evening, my friends. It is my favorite evening of the week. It is Saturday night. Uh, What a better night to talk about money. Yes, it's a money show Uh, Jack and I, of course, are always here for you to help you have more of it. Indeed, I want to get into the real estate market. It is oh so hot. And again, I'm in the middle of uh, a minor renovation and it's incredible uh, what I see on Bay Street, I see on Main Street when it comes to the prices of commodities, the TSX hitting an all time high, commodity stocks, lumber stocks have more than doubled from the bottom. And guess what? That two by four at Home Depot, that was once $4. I believe an eight-footer is now 8 buck for a two-by-four. Uh, so uh, there's a lot going on in the world of real estate. We're putting a lot of money in our homes. Much of it, of course, is driven by free money. In other words, very, very accommodative uh, interest rates. And uh, well, it, it's working its way through multiple markets. Bitcoin, real estate, uh, equities, uh, the key is to stay in the market and i got a great quote for you from this morning it really uh set my day nicely from mr peter lynch one up on wall street the key to making money in stocks is not to get scared out of them and i will say uh the month of march is always some more a month i always dread um you know beware the eyes The market tends to be a little more volatile and sure enough like clockwork uh, it has been a pretty volatile month this week uh and uh well We're here to help you get through it. Um, The world of real estate, again, is a key asset class. I want to uh, introduce our new guest, I think more eloquently with a little bit of The Doors or Van Morrison, depends on who you prefer. Yeah, go ahead and give it to us, please, Emery. Oh my goodness, I love it. Hey, Saturday night. All just right, get up and dance a little bit. Our next guest is uh, Gloria uh, Zumoko. Is that correct? Chomko. Close, uh, Chom- though. Yeah, uh, say that again, your last name, Gloria. It's
4: Chomko. The C-Z's pronounced a C-H. Ah, Chomko. Uh, hmm
3: that's a good waspy name. Uh, yeah. re- <laughs> uh, hey, I, I'm I'm, ab- I'm about to get fired, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. That was quite incorrect, that's okay, wasn't. that's, that's, that's okay. all good. I love this song, so
4: you're good with me.
3: Well, see, that's the only time you can really use that song is when we're when we're doing these radio shows. We're actually allowed to use copyrighted material, well, because we have to pay the artists for them. So was that Van Morrison, Jack? Or was that the Doors? That was Van, wasn't it? That was Van. That was Morrison. that was definitely Van
5: Morrison. That was definitely yeah. Van. Morrison. The original.
3: He, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, Van can get a little gnarly, so you want to make sure he gets his royalty for this one. He get a little, I've heard stories about Van. I used to work at the business, and I've heard some funny stories about uh, executives going backstage with Van, and Van was never really a happy guy. Loved his music. Uh, I digress. Let's focus on our homes. Homes matter. Uh, Gloria is a real estate broker with the Sutton Group Realty uh, Systems, Inc. Uh, first and foremost, she's a home Uh, She's a trained home stager, uh, and she's a specialist at easing one into a comfortable state of mind around their home. Uh, She feels that by clearing out clutter, we establish a space that allows us to relax and think things uh, through ease. And I agree with her on that. Uh, Less is more. Uh, Broker, and she's the founder of She Sells the City. Which is a very different approach to real estate. Uh, she works with professional women, uh, women who are going through uh, transitions in life, such as a divorce. So you don't, you don't, you don't, you, you don't care about the husband. You just focus on the woman. Then you throw them out to throw him out to the street. And of course, you know, I, I will say the divorce laws, man, uh, they're draconian. They they they've gone. The the, the pendulum has swung the other way. Um, I hate to say it, I'm almost becoming a believer in, in the non-institution of marriage because the laws around it, amongst asset division, is awesome. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it really it's quite, is. It's quite scary now, um, my friends. I'm telling you, think think about marriage uh, seriously, and think about divorce seriously. Uh, yeah, it's not pretty, but you know, it, some things just have to be done. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, parting assets is one thing. You know, Jack and I have gone through the exercise before. Um, it's pretty straightforward and, you know, splitting up your Microsoft and your Apple and mm-hmm. your DocuSign stock, that's not so bad, you know, <laughs> but, but, but selling the family home and, and, and splitting up, that sounds very, very traumatic. I, I'm a home guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I love, my, I love my Casa. I'd hate to have to chop it in half or. I yeah. just hate it. It'd be a horror story. So so Gloria, it's interesting that you specialize in this. I think you found a very powerful, emotional niche. That's what you uh, ladies are very good at, hitting us on the motion. That's, that's, I agree. We don't get it. We're, <laughs> we're just too rough around the edges. I had a friend of mine the other day telling me a great season came by and he said, you know, well, my wife and I were traveling in Italy and we both had to get onto the elevator. My wife, you know, quietly got in the elevator and left space. I, too rough around the edge. I jammed myself onto the elevator with my two suitcases, in hand, and next thing you know, in the city of Barcelona, I felt a, a nail in my back pocket and some, I turned around and someone was trying to pickpocket me. <laughs> so his gruff, rough, rough approach actually helped him out a little bit. Again, I digress. Um, share with us, please, um, your area of expertise, how you help um, women and, and, and what the experience really is like of having to divide the home and then find a new casa in this very, very expensive market of ours.
4: So it's really interesting. The the way I found myself um, into this niche market is only because I had gone through the process myself. Um, so I am a single mom. Um, I separated from my husband over 10 years ago. And I found that there were many women that were either stay-at-home moms um, that were going through the process, and a lot of them had really their husband's were the ones that were in control of all the finances, knew how everything was done, and they really didn't know how to go about doing things on their own. And it's very frightening for them because here they are emotionally trying to deal with the um, breakdown of the of the marriage, and in some cases if they have children, um, them now going off on their own And knowing which is the right place for them to go to, Um, you know, how do they even go through the steps of buying a property? And I also work with single women um, that aren't married, that are buying, you know, going through the process too. And for so many of them, they put it off because they don't even know how to begin. And one of the things that I also find with women that are very interesting, as opposed to the way men buy, women are huge, huge planners, And we're always thinking down the road, like too far down the road, almost, where I always say, if you're going to buy and you are single and on your own, or if you're going through a time of transition, it's always good to kind of look at maybe only the next five years or so Um, and, and not be going too far down the road because it gets very overwhelming and so much can change in your life within that time period. So for me, I basically just bring them down and I get them more grounded. And I almost take on the role as a partner, so to speak, so that they have somebody that they confide in they they have somebody that they trust that they look more toward my expertise and knowledge, and they use that um, because I am educating them along the way, so they feel more confident and more secure in the in their process of doing it, and at the same time. Um, I do form a very close relationship with them that they feel very safe in being very raw and vulnerable um, with what is going on because I am able to connect with them because I've gone through the process before. And I had small children when I, when I separated, too. Like, I had a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. So I think just all of that, um, I'm more
3: relatable to them. You know, it's incredible because so much is changing right in front of us. Um, mm-hmm. the, I, I'm, I'm seeing firsthand millennials stay in their parents' homes and then invite their very own boyfriend or girlfriend to live yes, in their parents' I've seen homes on my with street. them. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I am seeing couples break up, keeping mm-hmm. the matri- keeping the matrimonial home, and then going out and buying two more homes, one for each spouse. Uh, right. I am seeing, I am seeing breakups where people are maintaining two homes, where they uh, on on again, off again for a week. Uh, for bi- bi-weekly. It's, it's just incredible. Um, you know, and you're touching on a lot of very interesting points here. The other one is about planning. Uh, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, you know, the, the, the process of planning from Jack and I's perspective is, is you know, every now and then I, I, I get a call from an individual and say, I'm 65, uh, I want to plan um, mm-hmm. for retirement. And and again, um, the time to plan is no different than the time to ask for a, or for a line of credit when you don't need it. In other words, right. begin planning the day you begin working. But I'm, I'm saying, like you said, uh, you made a good point, Gloria. Keep it grounded. When I'm saying planning, I mean, put money aside for a rainy day. Put money aside for yeah. a down payment. Put money aside for your children's RESP well mm-hmm. before you retire well before they go to university or college and well before you're ready to buy your first home that is the simple in other words work live beneath your means and save for all these things you want systematically where it comes out of your account each and every month but again when it comes to financial planning and retirement planning the time is not to begin planning when you retire it's well before the second point that you, you you make i think is very important we can often and um I'll let you make the gender call. You can pull that move off. I can. I'll get fired. I'm already going to get fired once. I don't get fired twice. You can make the gender call about planning all you want. And I, I'm going to say, you know, I've, I've seen it before. Um, you can only plan so far. Now, people want a 20-year plan. It, it's, it's all fine and dandy, but good luck. Uh, yeah. You are going to be so far. Why bother? The world is complicated. Life changes. The curveballs yeah. are throwing at you with health, mm-hmm. with your relationship. Who mm-hmm. knows what? So why go through the exercise about worrying so far into the future? I think, what was John Lennon's line, Jack? Remember John Lennon's line um, about tomorrow versus today? You're missing, you're missing today when you're thinking about tomorrow all the time. Something to that if I, you know, I, I, hey, I don't know
5: Wolf, what it sounds about, right?
3: It sounds about right. Anyways, is it sure. Doors? Is it Van Morrison? And what does is, what is John Lennon have to say about this all? These are the questions I have for Jack Hartle, uh, my right-hand man. <laughs> He's such a good guy. He really is. Um, indeed. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm having a wonderful conversation uh, with uh, Gloria. Check this out. Chmoko. Did I get it? No. Chmoko. Chomko. The
4: CZ Cz's pronounced as CH like the Czech Republic.
3: I got the part. It was the O M K O. Chomko. Chomko. Very nice. Gloria very Chomko. Uh, you know, I, it's important. Your name is very important. Um, again, real estate broker with Sutton Group Realty Systems. She specializes on uh, dealing with the situation of divorce and helps uh, single women, single mothers, um, find a comfortable, affordable, need serving casa. Your casa is important. Uh, Your money is important. Uh, The show is important. Uh, Jack, you're important. Gloria, you're important. And commercial breaks are important. So we're going to do it all in a couple minutes and get right back to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto
2: money let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
0: you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: Well, I guess next time we'll have to play uh, Hit the Road Jack for Jack, eh? And uh, then we'll play Clap for the Wolfman. Well, welcome back to the show about money. It is Hi-Fi Radio, and, uh, well, we're giving you both versions of Gloria, and I like the fidelity part of the show. I always (laughs) want to be a DJ to spin some records. So this is my chance to do that. Yeah, it's my show, and I get to have a little bit of fun. Why not? It's Saturday night. We all get to have some fun. Uh, Gloria Trumko. she's a real estate agent. I'm saying her last name real quick to sort of get it off my tongue. It's a bit tricky. It's a CZ, uh, which sounds chuh. If you're Ukrainian, you know what I'm talking about. A real estate broker with the Sutton Group Realty Systems, uh, independently owned and operated for all your housing needs. Um, and the infomercial now, Gloria, she's a trained home stager and a specialist at easing someone through the uh, process uh, about uh, well, uh, home change. Shall I say going through a divorce very difficult, and she uh, works very closely with the um uh, Shall I say, lady of the house, uh, discarding the men for someone else to deal with, I guess. Um, but that's her, that's her prerogative. It's her business, you know. Friends, when you work for yourself, you get to choose who you work with, and that's the beauty of working for yourself. And if you're into the business of sales, well, you also work for yourself. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful career. Uh, home ownership is very important. It's it's cornerstone asset. Um, having to divide it into two can be nasty and i i wish it upon none of you and I, again before we go into a discussion with gloria i have to again help you my friends at home uh, to protect you with your money um if you're about to uh enter a second relationship speak to a lawyer if there is a house involved and the house is all yours please do not cohabitate if it's a second round until you speak to a lawyer promise me Trust me, I've seen people do it and they lost half the house. Don't lose half your house. Um that's what the show's all about, helping you protect your money. A penny saved is a penny earned, my good friends. Right, Gloria? 100%
4: and that's what I tell everybody too. <laughs> if you yeah, own a it, property, have some sort of cohabancy agreement and even
3: that, mm, could be questionable. I have an idea. You know, here's my my thoughts. I was saying, how do you how do you help people deal with this? So, best case scenario, you you find a new partner, your second partner, who's also finding the second partner, you. You both have gone through a divorce, you both had real estate, you both therefore perhaps can put in 50/50 and buy your own place. But don't let it be all one individual's money. Yeah. Likewise, with inheritance my friends at home. Anyone mm-hmm. going to inherit some money soon? best case leave it in your name if your marriage is somewhat questionable yes if you generate return if you're working with Jack and I you'll pay all the taxes but um, if you if you put it into a joint account you've immediately gifted half of your inheritance to your spouse uh, hey yeah. if you have a great marriage and you're confident your marriage not a problem um, but uh, I just you being forewarned is being forearmed you know money makes people do weird things things i've seen weird okay. stuff happen around money my good friends and that's why working with partners uh you know like Gloria with with home like your your, your financial plan and your money management strategy with guys like jack and i by the way any questions wolfgang But let's pivot back over to my friend gloria uh so <sighs> toronto real estate market you know garbage is selling for a million bucks you mm-hmm. want a nice home you you want a nice home now you know in the you know greater gta in the golden horseshoe You're certainly over a million-dollar mark right now. Yeah. Uh, How do you help, you know, newly founded single people afford uh, a place to live? So
4: typically, um, newly founded single people generally will go more toward the condo market. And the condo market right now, what's going on is very, very different than what's going on in the housing market. And so the condo market has calmed down. Um, in terms of pricing, it's a little bit more of a balanced market. Um, however, sales have ju- like jumped up. Um, And compared to the Q4 of 2020 compared to the year before. And there's a lot of factors that kind of impacted the condo market. I mean, one of them was the whole Airbnb thing. You know, nobody was traveling in 2020. Um, There also were the laws that were introduced around Airbnb. And now um, the city of Toronto had tabled and approved that vacancy tax. That is going to probably go into effect, I think, in 2022. So now you have a surplus of inventory that's kind of come up on the market. So for a lot of people, there still is the opportunity for them to get into that condo market because the prices have come down.
3: Um, I'm sorry. No, that's interesting. That's interesting, Gloria. Uh, I spoke to my friend, uh, the Lamb Developments, and they were telling me that they were, uh, you know, quite comfortably getting, uh, you know, twelve hundred bucks. Uh, foot for uh, their new builds uh, of course right down in the core uh, I've heard I've heard stories of, of weakness in the downtown uh, in the core condo yeah. market uh, but mm-hmm. th- 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 please share with the audience you, you, you mentioned something there that I uh, was not aware of I was aware of the threat um, the vacancy tax uh, what is it yes. and who does it apply to describe it please so this is
4: they just Passed this in December, they tabled it, um, and basically, it's if you're leaving your condo that's empty, you're not living in it, um, or maybe only visiting it, it on the rare occasion. The city of Toronto has go ahead, go, gone ahead and passed a vacancy tax, and it the they haven't completely finalize everything or or kind of put out the plan so to speak of how they're going to go ahead and be able to determine as to whether or not a property is considered vacant or not I don't know if it's something that people are going to have to basically declare on a yearly basis and say that you know whether or not they're living there full-time or not um, or they're going to start you know potentially looking at utilities and tracking utilities on units and whether or not you know utilities are being used you know compared to other units in a building so to speak so I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go around that however what they're saying is is that they're looking at a potentially generating a tax revenue between 55 million to 65 million which is a lot of money on a yearly basis that they could potentially use to fund more affordable housing down the road
3: well, I'll tell you, you know, back in the day when Jack and I were trading the uh, oil drilling stocks, I'd send them out to Alberta, walk the field and count rigs. It was called the rig count. And in the mm-hmm. oil patch, they follow the rig count. Um, in the condo market, you know, the story downtown was, you know, unlit condos, dark yeah. units. And uh, again, why not send Jack out just to take a look at the building? All right, that one's dark that one's dark and yeah. uh, send, send them a notice and send them a bill uh so anyways i'd say be- well it, it,
5: it really seems like it's a government policy that they're going to have a very very difficult time enforcing so
4: they uh, are government so I government
5: know- i'd say government loves the tax they love to come up with these schemes and I, they'll come up with a way of enforcing it i guess but uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if it's efficient i hope that it is because obviously that uh, you know if these people are generating revenue off of their home then it should be taxed just like a rental income would be but uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how they do go about enforcing it
3: the yeah. other one that you the other point you brought up gloria sorry because maybe you can help educate us because you're probably more knowledgeable than we are on this one here we we recently bought airbnb stock right. uh in our growth oh. portfolio we have three different strategies we have a conservative a balance and a growth strategy it's certainly not a conservative idea hence it's not in our conservative strategy but it's a growth idea uh we, th- we think the total addressable market for the uh a shared uh accommodation space is about four trillion dollars uh so airbnb you know uh, you know has such runway in front of it but uh, the, the company's been smart the company is working with city after city internationally coming mm-hmm. up with rules and regulations and laws as mm-hmm. to um uh, how the rental market can be incorporated into their city do you know any of the details as to what was agreed to by our great city with the uh, airbnb in terms of putting your condo for example on the uh, uh market
4: yeah. So from what my understanding is, first of all, the way that you could only do Airbnb is if it is your primary residence. So for all these people who owned a ton of condos and were using those Airbnb, that can no longer happen. Mm. It can only be your primary residence and it only, I believe, can be up to 180 days out of the entire year. So that's about, you know, six months out of the year that you can do an Airbnb. You also do have to get um, a license with the city, pay a licensing fee for that. And I believe they have to collect a overnight um, kind of like a tourist tax or something like that. So that's why we've seen this surplus of either condos coming up um, as rental units or condos coming up now for resale.
3: That is very interesting. Thank you for that, Gloria. So you, uh, second unit, uh, you can no longer put on the Airbnb market uh, mm-hmm. in, in the city of Toronto. Uh, right. And again, it, it, this is what municipality by municipality? Uh, is, is that yeah. where the jurisdiction lies?
4: Yes, yeah, so this is Toronto.
3: And now what about the condo corp? Can they supersede that legislation? Because uh, I, I do believe some condo corps are, are basically foreboding people from putting their unit in the Airbnb pool. Uh, do they have that ability to enforce that?
4: So so th- some condos allow Airbnbs, and there are a lot of condos, the majority, I would say, it's in their bylaws. You're not allowed to do any type of uh, Airbnb, even if the city were
3: to allow you. Huh? And, and and so their jurisdiction, or the, or, or or that um, bylaw within the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the corp, uh, it, it isn't enforceable. Yes. Yeah. Even though the yeah. city says otherwise.
4: Yeah. So if the if a yeah. if a condo corp basically says they don't want any Airbnbs in their building, they have the
3: right to do so. Hmm. Um, tell me again. Let's take the downtown corp out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Mississauga, North York, uh, the East End, if you like uh what's what's a foot of condominium going for
4: so right now condos are going anywhere from about 800 to a thousand a square foot and in some places potentially even slightly less Um, they've come down quite a bit compared to previous years
3: interesting interesting times it still is a a good chunk of money um uh, jack uh, do you have anything for gloria
5: Yeah, glory. So that really speaks, I guess, to the affordability of the condo market uh, relative to the, you know, the single detached homes, which uh, even up in York region, I think that they're close to, you know, a million, 1.2 million, depending on where you're looking at, just for like a, you know, general type subdivision home. But um, are you seeing um, divorcees, I guess, move from the suburbs back into the city to buy these condos? Because everything that we've been hearing obviously is, you know, work from home, people are looking for more space um it's good for the suburbs and not so great for the condo market are you seeing the um the opposite with divorcees
4: so it's funny because there are some certain areas of toronto that are kind of known as the divorce areas there's one area that's Park, Lawn and lakeshore it's known as humber bay but it's nicknamed right. divorce bay um <clears throat> so people who want to where is that hum- they- humber
3: sorry where is that humber and parkland
4: a Park, Lawn, and Lakeshore area where the Humber Bay condos are, it's known as Divorce Bay. There are so, a lot so, of so
3: the, individuals. That, so that's, you know, that, that's interesting. Sorry to pipe in here, but I'm, I'm just north of that. I did not know that. So yeah, well, if if, yeah. if Kathleen says, Wolf, it's over, that's, I guess, where I'm going. <laughs> All right. Sorry, get, carry on. And then the other, the other district is?
4: So that is one of the areas. So lots of times they cannot necessarily afford to live in the downtown court, like, let's say, a Yorkville or a King West. But this is close enough to the city. Um, and there is a sense of community there. There's all the shops. There's all the restaurants. There's a lake. They're, they're still close enough to be accessible to get into the city um, and not be that far outside of the city.
3: Uh, Gloria, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you um, very delightful indeed uh, you have a fresh view on the real estate market and uh, well you're a specialist uh, in staging homes you're a specialist in in, in helping people work through uh, a, a divorce and a relocation and you focus again on single women uh, congratulations to you uh, I wish you great success uh, Gloria Chimoko, a real estate broker with the Sutton Group Realty Systems uh, if you're fit the bill you may want to give her a call uh you have yourself a great evening gloria coming up next Thank we're going to speak you. with uh ken you're welcome we're going to speak with ken herbert managing director and senior aerospace and defense analyst with Can accord genuity on hi-fi radio global news radio 640 toronto
2: don't go anywhere there's more great show after this you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
0: Yes,
3: indeed. Time to leave the capsule. Could you imagine? Like, really? You know, you make it to the moon, then you have to actually open the capsule up and go <laughs> and Go. outside for the first time? Wow. Uh, so th- this new theme, we have Jeff Bezos, um, we have Elon Musk, and we have Richard Branson uh, vying for space tourism. Space tourism. I wonder if you have to uh, wear a mask. I'm not sure about that, uh, but can you imagine space tourism? Like we, we just got off, you know, we, we 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 docked a whole lot of cruise liners, we grounded a whole lot of airplanes, and yet space tourism. That you know, I think it was um, uh, Virgin that just delayed by a few months. Uh, I think the uh, the first consumer flight. To maybe 2023, 2020. They're, they're speaking like 18 to 24 months from now. And I, so I spoke to a friend of mine this uh, a couple weeks ago just for fun. We're talking about the market, about Bitcoin and about GameStop. And he said all the excesses in the market. He said, well, they're crazy. There's bonanzas left, right, and center. He said, by the way, no one's going to space. Okay, stop with the space travel. It's nonsense. Well, uh, I'm going to bring Ken Hebert on. He is a, a space analyst uh, with Canaccord, Aerospace and Defense to be specific. He covers a plethora of companies uh, we're going to talk about drones. We're going to talk about Boeing, Spirit. We're going to get into some defense and speak about no old company at McDonald's, Deweller, uh, Montreal-based, that's now Max Air Technologies. That's Big Brother you, by the way. Um, but, Canada, let's start with space tourism. Is it real? And Is it going to be possible in a couple of years, perhaps, that we can take a flight to space, um, as uh, Chris Hatfield did?
1: Um, yeah, hi, good morning. So it, it certainly is. Um, uh, as you indicated, Virgin Galactic um, is, is, has delayed their, their next, the, the launch, or the, not the launch, the flight of their aircraft a few times recently. Uh, they're building a couple of aircraft. They expect to have a few more test flights, and their current expectations are to have a flight with Sir Richard Branson himself and his son, I believe, uh, by the end of this calendar year, at which point they would commence uh, space tourism commercial flights in 2022. So keep in mind, they're currently not accepting bookings. They've accepted uh, over the last few years when they were taking bookings over 600 customers that have put down payments down toward a uh, quarter million dollar ticket to go up into space uh, for 10 minutes on a tourist flight.
3: Excuse me. Did you say a quarter of a million dollars for a 10 minute flight?
1: Uh, that's, that's accurate. Um, and in fact, the prices are likely going to go up because the company has indicated they're seeing very strong demand when they do start to offer operations. So, Keep in mind though, you need to go through a significant training. It's a full experience. The company's recently hired an executive from Disney to to make it much more than just the, the flight itself. There's a lot of preparation, there's a lot of other things that go into this for you to be qualified to go up on this on this mission with these you know select few people. Um, but yeah, believe it or not, you, it's, it's, it's a parabolic. Uh, you know, flight, you go up and then you go up into space for eight or 10 minutes. You experience, uh, you know, zero gravity. You have some wonderful views of the earth. You, you uh, get that full experience and then you come back down and land. I mean, the full flight's, uh, I think a couple of hours, but you have for the time to getting up into space and then the descent, you've got about 10 minutes where you're actually up in space.
5: So Ken, I have to jump jump in here and ask. Why would they only go up for 10 minutes once you're up there you're gonna go that far why would you just hang out for 10 minutes why not make it like an overnighter or something well
1: so to actually go into orbit is a is a and sustain an orbit is a completely different set of physics around the propulsion that you need um what you need on the aircraft um everything else so you're right it's it's and eventually you will have uh, i'm a firm believer eventually there will be commercial space stations you know, orbiting the moon, orbiting the Earth, and you will have a much more of a, of a tourist or the ability to stay. Um, you know, there have been individuals that have stayed, you know, private individuals that have stayed on the space station, um, and you might see more of that down the road. But but to go up into and to sustain an orbit with individuals, uh, that that's a whole different set of equa- physics and certainly a whole different set of economics. Well, I'm um, glad do you to have hear to hear that wear that a, a spacesuit? logical
3: head? answer to that sorry <laughs> I'm sure it's quite logical uh, I'll tell you I, uh, a couple of things I always think about my the power of my uh, cell phone uh, and, and and the current iPhone I'm using I think it's a 10x I, I I'm gonna guess was is so much more powerful than the original computer that was uh, put on the, uh, the the voyage to the moon I, I'm probably right that one eh, Ken
1: yeah, no doubt. I mean, the technology is moving very quickly, but, but there are limitations to, you know, the propulsion power you need to, to sustain an orbit and to get up into sustain an orbit. Um, and, and that's so what, what Virgin Galactic is initially planning to offer is it's effectively a parabolic. It's an arc. You're just going up and you're doing a big arc and then you're coming back down. So you're never, you're never actually in an orbit um, ah. uh, in, in that level. You're doing an ARC.
3: You're just, just, just an ARC. That's all, it's an ARC.
1: That's pretty funny, Ken. Um, l-
3: l- let's pivot to another spa- uh, sector before we get drilled into some of your companies. Uh, during the break, uh, Jack mentioned uh, <laughs> one of the new uh, Trump initiatives that seems to be uh, uh, playing into your sector. Uh, is it called Space Force? And a- what is it?
1: Yes, exactly. So to to illustrate the importance of space from a national security or military standpoint, because a lot of people believe that space is is now um, critical to any sort of uh, uh, battle or, or conflict here on Earth, um, Trump uh, President then President Trump established the Space Force, where he effectively took the space activities out of. The Air Force, the Army, the Navy established it as a separate force to elevate it, elevate that and its importance and perception and to consolidate a lot of the sort of funding and the efforts uh, for the military, the Department of Defense here in the United States. So uh, it's very recent. It's just been established within the last year. So that's just starting to get uh, rolled out and we're, we're starting to learn more about, you know, their priorities and funding and budgets and everything else. But, yeah, it clearly points to the importance of space from a national security standpoint fascinating
3: fascinating fascinating stuff we're speaking with uh, ken herbert he's a uh, senior uh, analyst at aerospace and defense uh with canic Genuity. uh we'll go to break and when we get back we talk to him about boeing uh his stock certainly looks a lot better and uh Uh, The airlines have also improved. uh, certainly a name that uh, Jack and I are going to have to uh, revisit. Uh, We're also going to talk about some drone stocks. Uh, Boy, the world's changing. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, We're here to stay head of the trends and try to make some money so that you can have more of it. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
2: Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: back to the show my friends a little europe for you i I, i'm dying to get back to europe i really am i want to get on a nice airplane and fly to europe but i'm really not that much looking forward to flying uh mask on mask off i don't know i'm gonna obviously wait till i get myself some vaccine into me and well you know age has benefit to my good friends at home yes uh being older Hopefully you're wiser, as I believe I am, and it uh, makes me a better money manager. Uh, yes, white hair, no hair is actually uh, rev- uh, revered in this business, I shall say. Uh, it's a good thing. Uh, Ken Herbert, he's a senior aerospace analyst with Canaccord Genuity. Um, we're talking aerospace. We're talking defense. And uh, Ken, I'm about to get a new uh, roof put on my home. So I'm calling some roofing companies for some quotes. And uh, every roofing company I calls, yeah, no problem, Mr. Klein, we'll come by and we'll bring our drones and we'll take a look at your roof. Every single one of them, they use a drone to fly over my house. Um, so you know, what we also have in our neighborhood, and probably yours as well, I know Jack's as well, is these delivery trucks. Eh? Up and down the street, uh, UPS, yep. FedEx, you name it, delivery trucks everywhere. But, uh, you know, drones, delivery trucks. Is its is there going to be a time when these unmanned drones are flying around, dropping off pizzas and groceries and, uh, I don't know, maybe your cannabis delivery at the same time?
1: Uh, I certainly agree. So I I, I believe so. You're seeing it already, uh, maybe not with with cannabis, but you're seeing it with other, you know, take the vaccine, for instance, there's companies that are delivering uh, the vaccine that, that, you know, has to be in climate controlled situation for, you know, COVID-19 out to you know, out to oil rigs, out to remote areas. So you're certainly seeing it already on a test basis. But here's how I'd think about it. So drones obviously have been in use by the military for a long time. Um, there's continued advancements in the military, and I think drones are really a secular growth story in the military side. On the commercial market, there's not a lot of, of sort of pure play public companies here in the United States Um as you think about the drone economy, um, but I'm a firm believer that drone delivery, package delivery in particular, uh, represents a very strong sort of secular market. Now, it probably starts initially in more rural areas or hard to reach areas uh, before you know the middle of the city. Um, but there's a lot happening now. There's there was some very significant um, regulatory changes by the FAA here in the United States that have helped clear the framework for uh, companies getting licenses to incorporate drones more for delivery. Now you're seeing it, as you mentioned earlier, you know, real estate agents, of course, construction companies, think about uh, logistics, telematics, think about, you know, inspecting a railroad track, things like this. Uh, those are, are much more established markets, and you're going to see those continue to grow. But but the holy grail on the commercial side is, is package delivery. We're very early on that, but I expect that to be a significant market.
3: So, so how can... would that, so, you know, in like Jack I'll, I'll give it to you, just because we're not in the same room, I apologize. Uh, but uh, how would it work? Uh, would the drone be able to, obviously, there'd be a lot of, it'd be loaded with sensors, uh, it would be unmanned. Uh, would there be someone at the other end operating a joystick, or would just be algorithmic, artificial intelligence, sensor-driven, land in my driveway, release the package, fly away?
1: Uh, there's different models. I think initially there will be people in the loop. I don't think it'll be completely autonomous yet. Um, it could be, it could be a, a receptacle, say, on a street corner where the packages get dropped into, and then you might have to walk up from your house to pick it up versus dropping it right off in your front yard. That's something people are looking at. People are looking at models where you've got a truck that could be on a main road with drones going off and on the truck to deliver You know, in more rural areas where, where things can have a greater distance. So there's, there's different models, but I would say certainly you will have people in the loop initially. Um, we're not there yet to be completely autonomous. But, yes, these unmanned aircraft maybe or multiple aircraft controlled by, you know, an individual or a few individuals, uh, depending upon how the infrastructure, um, you know, the infrastructure evolves. But a lot of business models that are being explored now, but, but you know, within the next several years, that, that will be a part of your routine is some form of, of automated delivery of, of packages to your house.
5: So, so, Ken, you touched on the FAA and some regulations that have been, I guess, approved. What are what are the additional like laws and regulations that you know and obstacles, I guess, that get us to this holy grail of, of package delivery?
1: Yeah, so as we look at the industry, the, the, the limitations aren't the technology necessarily. The imi- limitations right now are two things. One, um, it's regulatory, and then it's an infrastructure. But an in infrastructure, I mean, you've got to have a, you know, here when you think about aircraft, you've got a, a network of radars across Canada and across the United States, so you can track these aircraft at all time, and you've got a fairly established infrastructure of that in place. You don't have yet that for drones. You need to start to see infrastructure in terms of ground systems put in place that can help track the drones, especially when you're in the, the environment where you're actually flying over people or flying over highways or things like that. So that's the that's what has to start to happen in parallel. And the regulatory changes we've seen recently are allowing a greater use of drones, what they call beyond visual line of sight, um, which is critical, obviously, if you want to go any distance. And then, of course, every drone now, there's, there's requirements around remote ID, which will help with a registration and a tracking of the drones. But but the, the the regulatory environment continues to needs to evolve as the infrastructure comes in place to support um, you know operations on a broader scale.
3: Uh, so, in terms of drone companies uh, that uh, we can take a look at uh, from an investment point of view, uh, Ken.
1: Yeah, so in Canada you've got two. You've got you've got drone delivery Canada for one, which is doing some interesting things, and you've got uh, Dragonfly, a second one, uh, doing some interesting things here in the United States. There there really aren't many public drone companies. There's a there's a few. Uh, one called Ag Eagle. Um but it's it's predominantly if you want you know public exposure through through stocks here in the United States, it's predominantly with companies doing a lot on the military side, and then I'd expect over the next few years. There's been a few a few companies that have announced they plan to go public in the urban air taxi market, which is not a drone market per se, through through a de spacking process. And there could be other other developments down the road where, where I would expect we will see more sort of public equity or public stock opportunities in the drone ecosystem as this continues to evolve.
3: Uh, blue chip stock, I want to give about uh, 45 seconds to before we end the show uh, with uh, Ken Herbert, uh, our senior uh, aerospace analyst, uh, Boeing, uh, incredible company. It truly is. They make beautiful birds. Uh, you know, world class blue chip company that fell into the tough times. Uh, stock looks better on the charts. Can you, can you give me 30 seconds, speak to Boeing, what, what, what your view is on the stock from a 12 to 24 month time horizon?
1: Yeah, so I recently upgraded my my view on Boeing and and have a buy rating on the stock now. And I think we've hit an inflection point in terms of, of we've troughed in terms of passenger traffic. Now, obviously, you know, timing of a vaccine rollout and a lot of other factors will dictate how quickly people are comfortable flying again. But I think we've clearly passed the bottom there. Um, the fear or of airline financial health uh, and the negative scenarios never quite played out due largely to government stimulus. So you're actually starting to see order activity with the airlines now for, for aircraft. We've had announcements from Ryanair and from Southwest here in the United States. And, and I think people expect more orders are on their way. So Boeing has clearly turned a corner, I would argue, in its commercial business. Now, the recovery is not going to be a linear, uh, straight up approach. It'll take time. But we've We've hit a positive inflection point, and I think you're clearly going to continue to see sentiment improve on the stock as it, uh, Boeing has a lot of inventory of max aircraft that were grounded and other wide-body aircraft as a result of the pandemic and other issues. So you should see a really nice improvement in cash flow over the next few years as they monetize the inventory.
3: I appreciate your time, uh, Ken Herbert, uh, senior analyst uh, covering aerospace and defense. Uh, Great discussion around drones and uh, space tourism. Uh, Fascinating, fascinating. May you dream large, and may Jack and I help you achieve those dreams. WolfgangKlein.com, your financial portal. Anytime, any questions, not too big, not too small for Jack and I. We service them all. Be safe, my good friends. Have a great weekend. Love you